obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. Facebook page and on my YouTube channel. You see, we have the Zoom aspect now, and we're going to make things a lot more interesting with the coverage we're about to start bringing you now. What's up, Robbie G? How you doing tonight? Good, sir. It's been a long time since we had a a show with real sports going on and not just talking about sports or the possibility of sports. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, let me know if the audio gets a little crazy upstairs. Um, Zach is uh, stomping around. But uh, uh, yeah, it's um, it's good. Yeah, we're doing a live feed. Uh, it's, it's pretty nuts. We're doing two new feeds. We're doing the producer feed. So if anyone wants to ask me any questions, go to the Sports on the Hill podcast uh, Facebook page. And I'll be sharing that to a couple of groups in a second. Uh, but if you want to ask Carol any questions, you can ask him live on his Facebook feed. And on that one, we'll have live stats and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited uh, to uh, be back. We have a lot of interesting sports to talk about. Hockey, basketball, baseball, even a little bit of a name change to our football team. Uh, so lots to talk about in this first episode of Sports on the Hill podcast. But uh, before we get started, how have you been? Hey, man, just a happy sports on. I actually have the Nats game on right now. They're down one nothing to Toronto in the bottom of the third. Second inning, they had the bases loaded and unfortunately weren't able to get anyone home to tie the game up. But it's still early, and we know how this Nats offense works. And, uh, you know, we got a lot to cover with all four sports. We got uh, breaking news in baseball with uh, Miami, with the, all the cases of coronavirus down there for the players. Uh, we're going to talk some basketball, the NBA roundtable, going to break it down. We're going to definitely get into the Caps starting their playoff push for their second cup in two years, two out of two, second cup out of three years, which I predicted at the beginning of the season, which I'm riding with and still going to ride with. And they were also going to talk about the Washington football team later on and some of the developments that came out these past weeks, along with the name and real football news, not just manufactured people being offended and hurt. Right, for sure, for sure. All right, well, let's uh, let's bring in our, our next uh, co-host uh, um, into the the fray, and we'll talk a little bit of hockey with her. And um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm gonna um, well, Anna, let us know how things have been over the last four months with you, and I'm gonna <laughs> sh- and I'm gonna share this uh, hockey feed 
uh, with a couple of different people real quick. And uh, Sounds yeah. good. But let's just take a moment to uh, love this I'm not in space background. Like yeah. My two, my two favorite players. Uh, wow. Lovely background. Yes, that is. Isn't it? I, I'm like, I, I, sh I think I'm going to tell my husband that we may have to do some wallpaper and, and you know, he should have to deal with it. <laughs> uh, but it's fantastic. Uh, the last four months, they've been interesting. Uh, I did the distance learning, um, teaching students from uh, my dining room table, which was challenging, but I think we finally got into the groove. And I will say uh, 137 days without hockey was rough. <laughs> definitely took a toll. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, other sports. Um, I know, Carol, you're not a PGA fan, but uh, but I had to. I had to do something. It was like, well, it wasn't bowling, so that was a good thing. <laughs> but my God, yes, I'm excited, but I, man, I will have to say I'm a little bit concerned prior to coming on to the show, hearing about the positive COVID um, kind of going through the, the MLB. So, but I will say, I, I heard that. My heart breaks for those players because I'm like, I know they just want to be out there. But NHL players, so far, there's no, there's no uh, concerns. So um, our boys are in Toronto in their bubble, and I'm ready. Yeah, I did see that earlier that uh, they had no cases. I think I, I didn't remember how long it said it went back, but everybody's cleared. So yeah, August 1st, we will have hockey. And we break that down and uh, break down this schedule for this new crazy format to see how things are going to fall out going into the playoffs with this round robin and uh, team. Uh, what twenty four? Was it twenty four teams? Yeah. Yep, twenty four yeah. teams. But I, I do, Carol. I actually have a question for you. Um, once COVID, you know, hopefully disappears forever. Um, Wondering if you are going to have Robbie and I over for a live uh, podcast and you're going to barbecue like you did yesterday. Oh, well, <laughs> it's definitely a possibility. <laughs> because, you know. It, that looked fantastic. Hey, well, I think, you know, that if you tuned in yesterday to add the barber to us, if you notice I'm drinking water and tea today because messing with 151 at the bar last <laughs> week. Today. But yeah, if you checked it out, you know, we throw some food in the grill. It's nice weather out. So yeah, we definitely can try to set something up to see if we can coordinate once this uh, pandemic ends. And you definitely can throw down, you know, I, I love getting getting down on the grill and making good food for good people, man. Nothing wrong with uh, And I'm, you know, come on now. I'm a, not a not a small person. So <laughs> I like, I like to, I like my barbecue. I like, uh, yeah, I love to, to the cooking out and being with friends and um as we say adult beverages it's all good <laughs> you gotta head it, looked, it looked good yesterday i uh, appreciate it appreciate it. yeah that's going to be a sunday tradition for at the bar radio that's another show that i do where i let yeah. my political side get out there and uh you know a little bit more loose but this is a family friendly show so i try not <laughs> to f-bombs or say some of the stuff you might have checked out yesterday that's somebody else this is cp3 for sports on the hill podcast and it just there we go. the Nets just gave up another solo home run to make it two nothing in the top of the fourth against Toronto. Uh, Annabelle Sanchez was on the mound. He gave up a solo home run in the first, and he just gave up a solo home run in the top of the fourth. That's what happens when your offense doesn't produce. It always comes back to bite you in the butt. Right. That's it's hard. Now is Juan Soto back in the lineup or not yet? 
Uh, no, he actually, uh, so he, he did test negative for the virus, I believe a couple of days ago. So he's still on the protocol. Okay. He has the, you know, the, the two week quarantine once he gets the first negative test. So uh, hopefully he'll be back soon and he stays, uh, you know, healthy and well, and he can get back to this offense and help produce. Because uh, when we break yeah. down the Nats, you'll see the up and down uh, offensive production so far with Rendon being gone and Soto not being in the lineup. Those are two big holes not being filled right now. So right. I hope fans aren't panicking already because they're one and two. You know how DC sports fans get they I, <laughs> talking about fire Davey. I'm like, what? Come uh, on. Please. <laughs> I know. And I've been looking on social media and everyone's like, that's it. The O's are the team. They're taking it to the World Series. You're like, oh, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. <laughs> Give it a minute. It's only game three. <laughs> yeah, to answer your question also, he needs to have one more test that shows that he doesn't have it. So in the okay. MLB, they you have to have two tests to answer that question. So Okay, I wasn't sure because I didn't know like if uh, with athletes, if they test positive, then if it goes, uh, they have to do 14 days or if they have, if it's the same rule from, you know, NHL, MLB, like how they're going to, how they do that. Yeah, I think, um, uh, yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting because I think each sport's doing it a little bit differently, right? So the MLB is doing it where there's, you have to have a couple of tests to go the right way. And uh, basketball and NHL is okay. you know, not having the travel part of it. And so, and then obviously when we get to football, we'll talk about that where I have big question marks. You know, this uh, travel already for baseball isn't working. Uh, maybe, okay. we don't know but they potentially could have played last night and played against a team with not knowing the results of the test. So that team could have been infected. So like, yeah, it, this could just be the beginning of the end for baseball. We're only a week in, wow. so it'll be interesting to see uh, yeah. how that ends up going. Yeah, nine, that's a lot. 19 players. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And that's why I was wondering actually for, for both of you guys, do you, in seeing that and following the the positive results for um, for baseball, and it's not a contact sport like hockey, do you think that we're going to see the same sort of thing in Toronto and Edmonton over the next couple of weeks? Mm, I I don't think I so. I don't want to. <laughs> I, I I think it's going to be better because through this protocol, they've gotten to the bubble clean, right? They've tested them all the way through, and right. they were all clean going into it. So if they stay committed, and I mean, this is a lot of trust in a lot of people that no one sort of steps out, but the cases are less in Canada than they are in America. So that's a yep. huge thing for them. They're out of this country, which is seemingly having a lot of its own issues with it, but we won't get too political with that. Right. But, <laughs> uh, but um, I think that they have a better chance. I've been impressed that the NBA in Florida has been able to do as well as it has been, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, that one, I was a little bit more... Uh, let's say worried about just because I just didn't know um, yeah, how that was all going to go uh, down. But um, yeah, so far so good in, in terms of that. So we'll see how, uh, you know, how it goes. So, uh, um, all right. So let's, before we get now, he, uh, Sanchez gave another solo home run in the top of the fourth. Yeah, bye. So it's, I mean, it's still three, nothing. It's still early for uh, top of the fourth, but, uh, the Nats got to get some offense going soon. Toronto's starting to knock the ball out of the stadium. You know how it is when the humidity and the heat like it is. That ball travels very fast. <laughs> right. But let's go ahead and get into hockey because I just put up the round robin schedule for the Capitals. We can go ahead and start talking about that before we break down the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference uh, 2014 breakdown. 
Sounds good. Um, all right, well, why don't you uh, – I'm pulling up your feed on my thing so I can see which games we're going to do. But if, do you want to just go through the, the capital schedule first, or what do you want to – do you want to do team breakdown, or what would you prefer to do? Uh, I just We can go ahead and we'll break it down one game at a time. First game would be uh, August 3rd against Tampa Bay. Uh, unfortunately, I know Robbie probably had the time. I don't have the time on my graphic. I didn't think. I do. It. It's four o'clock. Four o'clock. Yeah. So that's cool. So, uh, Tampa was the, one of the better teams in the league. I think what number two behind Boston, and you know they probably stood a little salty about the way the Capitals got them out the playoffs the year before when they were supposed to win it. So, it's definitely gonna be an interesting matchup. I think the Cap. It's gonna be a good test for them coming out the first game with a team that's so offensively talented and solid all around. So it's definitely going to be a test for the Caps. But, uh, you know, I think they'll be up for the challenge. What do you say, Anna? Absolutely. I think I'm excited for this lineup because I because I definitely feel like, uh, you know, we're going to go we're going to go into the situation with everybody having, you know, uh, 137 days off of playing. And so there's no excuses. And so everyone who's going to hit the ice is going to go like 110%. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I think we're going to see some amazing hockey. Um, but I agree with you, Carol. I think that the um, Tampa Bay Lightning, like they're ready. Like they've got that salty feel from a couple of years ago. And, you know, they're going to come out. Um, they're going to come out strong. And I think that they're going to learn from the mistakes from, from 2018. But I think it's, I think if it's true hockey and these players are truly into it, which I feel like they are because they truly miss the game, um, I really feel like we're going to see a lot of, you know, coming out strong. None of this like, oh, you know, I've been off the ice for a while or, oh, uh, you know, no. First game, got to come out strong. You got to give 100% because this is it. You're already in the playoffs. There's no building up to anything. You're in it. So go and play hard. Definitely agree on that. Definitely agree. What about you, Robbie? How do you feel? I I, I never really asked you about that. How do you feel about the route run? Do you think this is going to start out going against the, uh, the Lightning? Yeah, no, I think it'll be good. I, I also just want to briefly mention just um, if people want hockey before the Tampa Bay one, there is a uh, scrimmage that's going to be televised. I wanted to let people know that too. Uh, that's against Carolina. So we'll get an opportunity to uh, – sort of rev our engines a little bit against the team that knocked us out last year, which I think will be fun. Mm -hmm. And I, and I want to give a shout out to it because it's also on Zach's second birthday. So the fact Yay! that he gets the very first <laughs> hockey game as we return for the Capitals, you know, he, he was in utero when we won, you know, it all. So, you know, I'm hoping, you know, he's really, he, he talks about hockey all the time. I'm going to have That's it as so part awesome. of his little birthday party that we're just doing with grandparents here for him with some crab cakes, you know, doing it Maryland style. Um, so that'll <laughs> be a lot of fun. It starts at four o'clock. So just as my day is ending with work. And uh, so I just want to let people know that that game is going to be uh, nationally televised, I believe, on NBC Sports. And it'll be locally televised, I believe, on NBC Sports Washington. Um, yeah. So that'll be cool. And uh, but yeah, the Tampa Bay game should be exciting. Uh, and next week, it's actually since it's on Monday, uh, next week's show will be a post game show for that Tampa Bay game. Uh, so we'll know a lot sort of going into the Philadelphia and Boston one. But overall, I like the format that they're doing where uh, yeah. we get three kind of warm up games uh, to rev our engines against potential second round teams that we might have to face. So not teams we play in the first round, obviously, but uh, could be ones that we would see um, in, in other rounds. So that's kind of a cool opportunity to get a look into them 
Uh, and also for seeding, I don't know. I mean, I asked, you know, Carol, being President's Trophy in the past, the number one seed has never helped us. Now, technically, we won't be the President's Trophy because that's already Boston. But I mean, the, the number one seed is kind of the same thing. We did well the year we won it all with the number two seed, right? So I'd be happy with any of those. I, I don't want to slide to four, right, if I can help it. Because I don't necessarily want to play, you know, some of these other teams. We're going to be giving the matchups off in a little bit, uh, but uh, I definitely would like to have home advantage at least for one round. You know, so being the second, you know, seated uh, team would get us for two rounds, so that would be ideal. Uh, obviously, mm -hmm. if you're the number one seed, you get it for the whole thing. I know that home ice doesn't really matter in the fact that they're not playing in front of their home fans, but. You do get second change. There is some strategic advantages, you know, with with faceoffs uh, that happen, you know, and especially if the fans are going to be taken out of it globally, I want those little incremental changes because those are the only differences, yeah. right? You know, so um, they they could become important. So these three games, although they're tune-up games, I don't necessarily want us to push so hard when we get injured or anything happens, right? Because we have the luxury that these games don't right. really matter in, in comparison to those other ones. But we got to know those other teams are going to be gunning for each other because they're just trying to get into yeah. the playoffs. So they're going to play much more intense games. from the, And we don't want that first round of the playoffs for us to have a lull and they come up. Uh, so it'll be really interesting. We have to take these games as if they are playoff games and not treat them as if they don't matter, even though, you know, obviously if you were the one seed or the four seed, it doesn't really matter. Well, but and going going off of that opinion, because I'm 100% on board with everything you said, what do you do about the goalie situation? Um, we all know that Holby does fantastic when he consecutively plays. But now that, that Sammy's out with, you know, and let's hope it's not a terrible injury, um, you have Banachek, you have... Uh, Copley, do you put them in the Carolina game? Um, do you put Holtby in like one period and Copley and you know that's what I'm looking. That's what I'd like to know. Like I don't, I don't think that they have a that they know yet what the who's going to be out there against Carolina because like you said, it is a you know it's that exhibition game. But I'm wondering if you guys have any thoughts on the goalie situation. Uh -huh. uh Mm -hmm. Before I uh, get into that, I'll just give a quick update. Uh, Kurt Suzuki just doubled in. Uh, James Thames, I believe, is first name here. And to get the Nats score, is 3-1. Bottom of the fourth, man on second, no out. So a quick update. Um, the goalie situation, uh, with the Caps goalies, they're so stacked that even with Samson all going down and uh, the next guy up, I think he said it was Copley. Um, I'm not really too concerned. You know, I mean, they haven't played in a while. So I think probably they should get them in the Carolina game. That would, to me, make sense at least to give them a little bit of work. But we know what Hobie is. We know who Hobie is and is being a contract. Right. And most likely might not be here after this year. I think he's going to be able to rise to the challenge. Yeah. What about you, Robbie? Yeah, I think you give Hobie all the starts, right? Uh, you just got to go for broke. He's probably gone at the end of the season, let him lay it out on the line, right? Yeah. Let him prove, you know, one last time. I don't know, but I, I think he's just got to go for broke. I, I, we don't have enough games to mess around with that to me. Like yeah. maybe if you want to play him two periods out of the three to get some playing time and a little bit of off time, if you want to like ratchet him into it for some reason, right. uh, I could, I could be okay with that, but he's got to play in every one of these games, whether it's the whole game uh, or not. Yeah. 
I, I, I could see giving a period to one of the other goaltenders just to make sure that they're ready with game, you know, yeah. in game shape, especially the scrimmage. Right. You yeah. know, so I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but you got to sort of ratchet Holpe up a bit and you know, try to you know, up that as much as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a valid point with the scrimmage. They probably definitely get him into the scrimmage. So that's probably, you know, that's probably their plan. And to see how he'll be doing if, you know, they feel like he might need a little bit more work, maybe get him into, you know, another game just in case, but with it being around Robin for playoff season, yeah, they're not going to play too much around with it. But I think the scrimmage might be a telling sign of how they're going to handle it going forward. You know, hope we, we know what hope he does in the playoffs. You know, we know, you know, how he does and, and how he prepares and he's always ready mentally there and physically so i say let's go caps baby right i actually also even what with what i just said i say you start hopi and if hopi's looking good you play him the whole game right so like yeah. you know i think you play it by ear a little bit if he looks a little rusty you might give the other goaltender a little bit of an opportunity to get some shine in there but yeah i i, I just don't think that we have enough games to play around and he's got to get used to a 60 game thing going into this round robin I'm right. pretty sure that every team's going to play their work, you know, their workhorse for most yeah. of this stuff. Cause you know, there isn't a whole lot of wiggle room in my mind. You know, I, I think if we were to potentially lose the first two in the round Robin and hope he looks terrible, maybe you put the other guy in the last one just to make sure you see what you got. But right. unless that situation happens and it's not whether it's win or lose, it's how hope he's looking, but I'm trying to play hope right. as much as possible. Because the other thing to think about is there's more days between each of these round robin games than there is right. uh, with the other tournament, right? Because they have to fit five games potentially uh, for the right. uh, best of five series in the same time period as three you know, games for the, the Caps. So uh, that right. means that they play every other game where the Caps play you know, sometimes with two days in between. So that's plenty of time. It's like hope he's not doing back-to-back -back nights or anything like that. Right. So, um, and also, it's daytime games, so they still should be able to get plenty of rest, in my mind. Yep. So, um, I, I'm I, all 100% on board with the Holtby thing. And I think that when he boarded the plane yesterday with his fedora and his acoustic guitar, yeah. he's in a good he's in a good headspace, and that's what we all want, and that's what we love. And you know what? If this is it for him, you know, go with it, bang, just do it, and we're just gonna love him that much more. Uh, yeah, I think we do. Cool. All right. Let's uh, just because we've already 725 and I want to try to oh. get the next segment done in about yeah. 10 minutes. I have this idea of us going through all the games. Let's start with the East Coast and see how far we get. We might get to the West Coast. We may not, just depending on how, uh, how detailed we get. But uh, we're going to do a couple of them. We're going to bring in Brian Brennan here as well to be a part of our roundtable to get a Rangers fans perspective on some of these matchups as well. I think that we have sort of will highlight a little more of that um, round robin format next week when we recap the first one and we looked at the other two. So we can talk a little more about that next week. But let's get into some of these other matchups uh, that I think are so interesting. Uh, this playoff series between all these teams and give our just initial thoughts and predictions. And then next week we can refine it maybe a little bit uh, from sure. there. So, uh, Brian, why don't we bring you in now uh, and see. Um... What's up? Hey, hey how are you doing? Hey, everybody. How's it going? Good, good. So far, so good. Hey. Yeah. Awesome. Ooh, we got the whole team here, man. It's the first one. Full <laughs> team on screen right now. That's a beautiful thing, baby. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Carol, why don't you walk us? Uh, we have the uh, cool stats screen now up on uh, Carol's uh, screen that shows 
the round robin tournament in the Eastern qualifying rounds. If you want to take a screenshot of it, you can right now to mm-hmm. show uh, what we are. We started off August 1st, as Carol was alluding to earlier with a bunch of matchups and then it goes August 2nd, 3rd. And basically what there's going to be is uh, approximately three games a day, every day until all the decisions are made. And then starting August 10th, they have a little bit of a break and then they go into the playoffs as usual. But the first matchup that we're going to break down uh, is going to be an interesting one. It's uh, Columbus uh, versus um, uh, Toronto. Uh, And uh, so Toronto always flames out in the first round. Technically, this isn't the first round, quote unquote, but uh, we'll see if they flame out early or not this year or if they can even make it to the playoffs, right? Because that's what part of this is for them. Uh, Columbus is up and down, as we've seen. Um, They've played better the last couple of seasons. Uh, They're an interesting team now that they've won a playoff series. Um, But uh, Anna, we'll start off with you. What are your thoughts on the uh, Columbus-Toronto matchup? Mm. You know what, I, I think I, I think Toronto is, I think they may just pull through. And I think that what we're going to see is just about every single uh, matchup we're talking about, everyone is knowing that this is it. They've had, a, you know, over 100 days off. They are back together with their team. It's kind of, you know, th- this is it. So everyone, everybody should be coming out with 100%. I want the Caps to come out with 110%. But I, I just feel like... You know, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna say Toronto's gonna win, but uh, it's h- so hard to say, honestly, because uh, like we, I haven't seen anybody on the ice, and I certainly we don't we haven't heard anything about injuries and and things like that. So um, I just think it's gonna be. I think I think it's gonna be fun to see them all come out, and it's it's gonna be a lot of a lot of talent on the ice for sure. Yeah, Brian, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, that's a <clears throat> excuse me, that's a good matchup, Columbus versus Toronto. Uh, Tortorella is a finalist for coach of the year, which is good to see. I like him a lot when he coached the Rangers and now he's with <laughs> Columbus. And um, yeah, I think this is a pretty even matchup. I, I like a lot of the first round matchups, but I'm going to go with Toronto in this one. I think overall they are the better team and, you know, this isn't technically the first round, so they can't really choke, but um, okay. I think this is a good, I, this is a good matchup overall. I, I, I'm going to go with Toronto, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if this goes to full five. Yeah. Yeah, I got to piggyback on that one, Brian. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to see. Toronto has been, you know, playing some good hockey. They've been scoring well, but there's always that question with their defense. Uh, Columbus, they've known for their defense and can score when needed. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with uh, Columbus just because of the experience factor. Even though I just said not the first round, but you got a lot of young guys. Columbus, you got a feisty, you know, older team that is going to get under their skin and, you know, might be a little more physical than they're used to. So I'm going to go with Columbus. What about you, Robbie? Uh, I am going to go with Toronto just because Steve Dangle had a baby and he needs uh, this positive thing. And uh, I'm a big Steve Dangle fan and uh, I just hate Columbus for some reason. I don't have a good reason for it other than the fact that the one playoff game I got to go to uh, in that 2018 run was a loss in overtime to Columbus. Uh, that left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. And then there was a revenge game, I think, earlier this season I went to, or it was, maybe it was last season, uh, and they lost that one too. So I just have not had good luck against this team, so I'd like them knocked out. I am a big fan of Tortorella uh, just because his uh, post-game interviews are epic. Uh, so yes. I do like him. Uh, but, um, but that's not enough for me. I'm going to give the edge slightly to Toronto. 
yeah. all right let's let's move on to the the next matchup um i'm gonna let brian have the first crack at this one because uh, it's his beloved rangers against uh, the team we're scrimmaging against uh and the carolina hurricanes yeah um, i'm stoked for this matchup i'm stoked the rangers are in the postseason even if it's a little weird with what's going on uh, i really felt like the rangers deserved to be in the playoffs this season they were playing so hard towards the end before the pause happened and to have them get this chance, I think is great. I think they're, this is a great matchup for them too. Um, you know, the players have been hot all season. Mika Zibanejad's been on a roll. Artemi Panarin's a heart finalist. Um, you know, if three solid goalies really. So I think we have a chance in this series and um, Doug Hamilton, I believe is going to be out for Carolina in this series. That's a huge mm-hmm. loss for them. So I'm liking our chances. I'm going to pick the Rangers because I'm a Rangers fan, but I, I understand <laughs> with people pick Carolina. I'm, I'm really excited for that first game. It's actually the first game of the whole playoff system. It's on, uh, it's on Saturday at noon. I'm really excited for it. And uh, yeah, it should be a great matchup. Let's go Rangers. <laughs> All right, Anna, what are your thoughts on it? I'm actually going to, Brian, uh, you and I are on the same page. I'm, I like I'm actually going to, I'm going to pull for the Rangers this time. I like it. Um, yeah, I think, you know, what? I'm okay with it because uh, one, I absolutely despise Carolina, but I will say, um, I think, you know what, I think everything that you said is, is just spot on. And so I'm, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with the Rangers and, and we'll see. I'll, I'll be a fan Friday at noon or Saturday at noon. <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, it sounds good. I, I mean, I like, I like your pick. I like your pick, Anna. Good yeah. job. No worries. <laughs> All right, Carol, what are your thoughts? With this game, uh, with this series, uh, Carolina, yeah, I do have a little bad taste in my mouth from the way they got the caps out in that seven-game series. Yeah. The Rangers, uh, they were playing some good hockey before the shutdown. And um, this is a tough one right here because I'm not sure because was it Brenda Moore that their coach – I can't remember what they Carolina's coach name. I think that's him. Yeah, that's his yeah. name. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah. He's a he's the X factor and intangible in that locker room, and he can definitely push the right buttons on that team. And with that series five games, uh, I'm, I'm I got to give the edge to Carolina just because I saw what they did against the Capitals, and with that young team then uh, last year, you know, another year under their belt, another another year under this coach with that same mentality, I think will you know I think they're going to be a problem in the in the playoffs. Sounds good. All right, I'm gonna let you guys do the Florida Islanders game while I grab a glass of water real fast. But you guys break that one down. All right, yeah. I'll go ahead and start and pass it to Anna. Uh, the Florida sure. Islanders. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Islanders just because I'm still a Barry Trotz fan. I still wish he was here, but he's been a solid coach. He got that team ready. They were playing some good hockey. Uh, they had some ups and downs. They had some injury issues. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, New York, Florida there. I can't remember how they were playing with it, but I think they were a little inconsistent and still trying to find yeah. them. So I think uh, I'm going to go with the Islanders. What about you, Anna? Yep, 100%. Going with the Islanders, I think that Barry Trotz is the coach to have when it comes uh, when you're off the ice or paused or however you want to call it for 137 days. Uh, he's, he's the one that's going to bring everybody back to – the right mindset and and rally that team back and there's a lot of talent there and I think that there were injuries there's injuries across the NHL you know this this whole you know prior to COVID so I think it's going to be 
uh, interesting to see who comes out, um, you know, strong and, and, but I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a Florida fan regard either way. So <laughs> I'll, I'll be pulling really Islanders for this one. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I think the Islanders are going to win this series. Uh, I'm not an Islanders fan at all, but um, I, I do think that um, they are the better team. You know, Trotz, everything you guys have said about him, he's a great coach, Stanley Cup champion coach. And, um, you know, the experience he's brought to the Islanders in the two years he's been there has been great, and they've really built off it. Matthew Barzal is a great player as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I think the Islanders have this. Florida's a little inconsistent, but um, – Overall, I think the Islanders are a better team. I'm going to go with the Islanders in the series. Hey, I think we got to consider going that. Yeah. Barry Trotz is here. Yeah, I was talking about Brendan Moore. He's an up-and-coming coach. Trotz has been a great coach for a long time. I think he yeah. had that team ready to make it, make it, make a push to see if he can get two rings out of three years. Right there. <laughs> And the final matchup in the East uh, is Montreal and Pittsburgh. Uh, I think we're all rooting for Montreal, guys. <laughs> yeah. Another update, the Nats were back in at 3-1. to one. Unfortunately, Sanchez gave up another solo home run at the top of the fifth. So now it's 4-1 to one Toronto. It's just the, they've scored all four of their runs on solo home runs. It, it's crazy. Oh, wow. Everybody was on base. So, yeah, but... Still early, top of the fifth. Nats going to scrap and come back. I, I can already feel it. They want, they're trying to go two and two. Uh, but this matchup with Pittsburgh and Montreal, we all know, yes, Brian, we all going to be rolling for Montreal. Uh, tired of <laughs> Pittsburgh. But they're a good squad. And, you know, you want to you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And even though that means whiny Crosby and be in the playoffs, you know, we got to deal with him whining when they lose and then gloating when they win. But uh, I'm going to go. I, I, I hate to say it. I got to go with Pittsburgh. Or even though I'll be rooting for Montreal. Oof. That's hard. Yeah. I I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I I I really I really wish I, I could be the better person and, and say it has to do with uh talent and skill and, and whatnot. I just um I feel like I feel like Montreal's may maybe they'll just, you know, surprise us all and say, hey, listen, we know how many people hate Pittsburgh. So let's come out and just play the hardest hockey that, you know, forget the penalties, forget the fights for whatever, and just play smart, fast, skill, skillful hockey and, and just do it. Um, so my fingers crossed for them because I just can never pull for Pittsburgh. <laughs> I just... Oh, yeah, I, I agree. You can't, <laughs> can't pull for Pittsburgh at all. And um, I hope Montreal wins, but uh, I, I don't see any way the Penguins don't. They're the better team. And, um, yeah. you know, they've been good for a long time now. And um, Montreal kind of snuck into this thing. So I think I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Yeah. As much as I hate to say it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely uh... – <laughs> uh, I, well, I didn't make my picks for the last one, too. I, I'll just say that real quickly. I do think that the Islanders are going to win because I agree with Trotz is a, is a really good coach. But yeah. I, I think Pittsburgh is going to win this, unfortunately. But, I mean, obviously, who we're rooting for and who we think are going to win are different topics, right? Yeah. So uh, we all know who I'm rooting for. But I just, <laughs> you know, uh, Pittsburgh doesn't uh, – I don't know. I just – for me, Carolina, or, uh, Montreal doesn't scare me. And I just think that Pittsburgh will just turn it on, unfortunately, at the right time. So. Yeah. Um, but I think, sure. uh, I know we were talking about maybe doing the Western one, Carol, but it's already 737. I do want to get into some NBA stuff. You know, bring yeah. it up. 
week if we get a chance. You know, we, we cover the teams and, you know, most folks on this side know about the East, the West. Right. You know, it is what it is. We're not, we're not saying the West isn't good. We just, you know, don't have time to get it in because we got right. sports stuff. You There's got so other much to talk about. Yeah, we do, we do. But uh, Anna, thank you so much for uh, coming back on for season five. I think this is your third season now with us. Uh, that's it is. Kind of cool. and this, let's just talk about this fantastic background. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know. Just, uh, this right. is it. <laughs> right. I know how much you love the threes, and I know how much I we do. all love Billy. Billy Lang is a phenomenal uh, designer, yes. so credit credit to him. He had three different uh, iPhone wallpapers that I stitched together into making a background for Anna. Uh, so uh, you'll be seeing more of that throughout this season. Uh, we look forward to breaking yes. down uh, that first game against Tampa Bay and previewing the other two round robin games next week with you. Absolutely. Have a great night. I'll see you guys next week and let's go Caps. Yep. Enjoy. Everyone should check out sportsothp.com. Oh. Uh, you can always get the Power Play Point podcast button right there. Uh, and you can check out, I know they recorded an episode yesterday. I don't know if it's out yeah. yet. I think, uh, it I think hopefully tomorrow, but you never know. <laughs> right. So sometime this week. So definitely check that button out as well. Uh, they Appreciate all, it. They're able to break down the hockey even a little bit more uh, since it's an all hockey show so we appreciate anna as always and we'll talk to you next week sounds awesome have a great night guys bye all right thank you great. all right uh carol uh i'm gonna start to bring in some uh some of our guests do you have any thoughts on the nba uh before uh, we switch to roundtable mode uh definitely i wanted to uh, holler at brian real quick i see that they're um bringing in thibodeau into new york Yes. I want to know your feelings. I think it's a great move on their part because he's a great coach and uh, he will definitely help that program and hopefully he's not the last stock of the NBA along with the Wizards. Uh, so what is your take on Thibodeau? And I'm going to go ahead and uh, bounce and let you guys handle the uh, NBA roundtable and listen to what you have to say. Yeah, I love the hire. I think it's the best coach we've honestly had in quite some time. Uh, much better choice than David Fisdale was or – uh, Derek Fisher or anybody like that. Tom Thibodeau will will get it done. I I, I don't. I'm not saying he's going to win a championship or anything. That's too much to ask as a Knicks fan. But um, I I do think there will be big improvements. Um, he does have some issues with younger players that uh, have been in the past. But I think overall he's a great defensive mind. You saw what he did with the Celtics. You saw what he did with the Bulls. It was a bit of a struggle with the Timberwolves. But I think this is probably a better situation for him and I, I think it's going to be good for Tom Thibodeau I think it's a much better hire than Jason Kidd would have been and um yeah I, I was really happy when I heard the news and um hopefully it works out for the Knicks hopefully we start to uh have better results yeah um cool and uh, so I just want to introduce everybody else we see that uh, Carol switched uh, the screen over so uh, it allows me to take over control over his computer, which is kind of cool. And we're bringing in uh, for the first time live on Zoom. But uh, for many years, uh, Tim Clark has been joining us covering the Wizards. How are you doing today, Tim? I'm doing great. Excited for uh, the new season. I think we're going to have a lot of special Corona memories this year. Yeah, sounds good. And then uh, uh, next is uh, another host of one of the uh, shows on True Radio Network. Uh, you can check that show out on Friday, um, the No Spots podcast, uh, DC's People Champ uh, with that championship um, belt right there. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Robbie. How are you doing, brother? 
I'm doing well. I'm doing well. This is uh, fun. This is the first time we're not doing a blog talk show. We've all kind of uh, done our own thing. Uh, you guys have an anchor uh, link as uh, well as us. So definitely check out No Spots Podcast on uh, Anchor and all the different podcast platforms. And uh, I also uh, can check Sports on the Hill podcast now out on Anchor and all those podcast platforms too. Check us out, sportsothp.com for all of the links. And then the last person we're going to bring in is Arun. He's been our stats guy for all five seasons of uh, uh, the uh, Sports on the Hill podcast. How are you doing tonight, Arun? Good. I'm wearing my Washington football team jersey right now. Um, Daryl Green, apparently there's no X logo on this jersey and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about some basketball. Yeah, it sounds good. We'll, we'll definitely uh, break into the name change in a little bit. Uh, a little shout out to our merch line. Uh, if you want to go check out uh, the apparel section, there is a Washington football team uh, logo that doesn't have any Redskins iconography on it. Just this podcast in burgundy and gold. If you want to rep both of those, uh, shameless plug for that, both in hoodies, T-shirts, and more. Uh, but uh, in fact, I think our uh washington football team logo currently looks better than theirs does um but it's not a hard thing to do um so um let's uh break it down real quick uh the wizards actually had a game tonight today against the lakers um they played okay i see dc's people champ is already shaking his head uh what was your thought against a uh, understaffed lakers team sloppy very very sloppy i mean uh, I caught it at the second quarter when you remind, you told me that the game was on. So I turned it on in the second quarter, and it was just sloppy. Um, and we can't use the excuse that, oh, they need time to gel. They already had time to gel before the season was suspended because of the ongoing global situation. So, you know, they should already be gel, even though they had over 100 days off, you know, you know how everybody plays, and it was just really, really sloppy. Uh, you can tell they're missing uh, Brad Bill like crazy, uh, as well as Davis Bertans. Uh, they have eight games to try to make it to the eighth seed and make it into the playoffs. If this is how they're going to play those eight games, I have zero faith that this team is going to make uh, make that playoff. Yeah, for sure. Brian, from an outsider's perspective, what are your thoughts on uh, this tournament uh, so far with the scrimmages and the, the no cases, but also just what are your thoughts about the bubble in general? Yeah, so far I think it's been um, really good. Obviously, it's going much better than baseball's going. Um, there have been no positive tests, I believe, reported in the last round of testing. Um, and all these scrimmages, the play has been fresh. Everybody seems revitalized and ready to go for the most part in the games that I've watched. I wasn't able to watch the Wizards game this afternoon, unfortunately. But uh, for everything Ken said, it didn't sound like a great game for them. Um, yeah, you didn't miss, you didn't miss yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not surprised. But, um, you know, I think this is going to, you know, I have really high hopes for this, honestly. I, I think that, um, you know, this is much better idea than, you know, whatever they would have done and to have it in a bubble, I think is great. We've seen, um, we've seen a couple of players already leave the bubble and come back. And we've seen um, situations like what happened with Lou Williams. Um, but um, you know, overall, I think for the most part, the players are being smart and um, you know, they're wearing their masks as well. So that's probably benefited to the zero positive tests. And um, just so yeah, overall, I think it's, um, it's pretty good. Just from what I've seen, I'm looking forward to the, the first games on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Tim, what are some of your thoughts on the initial um, 
uh, so how this has gone on so far? Well, I think they're really lucky with the uh, lack of total Corona cases with all the teams and players considering how much they travel and they're basically coming from every part of the country and the world. So I think the fact that so many players are available and a lot of injuries healed during this break, there's actually better rosters arguably now for, for some of the teams. A lot of the teams are more decimated, but I think in the end, there's going to be some great playoffs, especially in the West. And for the Wizards, I love the, the live game action for all the young guys because a few of the Wizards' young players are looking better already. And I think it was like basically an off-season worth of workouts if they took advantage of it. So um, it's going to help the Wizards roster for next year, I feel like. And, you know, they're not very good, but uh, the rest of the league is playing more entertaining basketball in general. Um, all right, so I wanted to talk to um, Arun about this, how this system works, because we've been talking offline uh, about how the bubble and this mini tournament and the eight games and how this sort of leads into the playoffs, because uh, I think that some of our listeners might not know. It's very different. So we just talked about the NHL and that they just added four teams to each side of the bracket. And then they're doing this round robin thing and then this play in tournament to try to figure out the eight teams. The NBA is doing it. Uh, very, very differently. And so I'm going to share my um, uh, screen. Hold on a second. Uh, and then let me see if I can do this real quick. Ah, cool. Um, and I just wanted to pull up. Let me see if I can do this here. Uh, there we go. All right. So here's the upcoming wizard schedule. I think that this should pop up correctly. Uh, for us, so we can uh, break it down. But basically, there's these eight games that are going to happen. Uh, so two or three games are going to happen before our next uh, podcast. So we'll quickly break those down. Uh, but um, it's uh, going to be definitely an interesting, um, interesting time. So if people don't know, uh, teams are just a couple of games out of the playoffs right now. And that's who got to make it. Uh, but I'm going to pull up the Eastern standings right now as an example. And uh, so the Wizards right now are just a couple of games out. They're five and a half games, if you see in this column right here. Um, and, and that's really important because if they get within four games of the seven or eight seed, um, uh, then they trigger a playoff game between the eighth and ninth seed. And that means that if the Wizards were to beat let's say it's the magic uh, in that first game, then they get a second game. And if they beat them again, they steal the eighth seed. So it's kind of, uh, if you've ever watched a video game tournament, uh, it's, it's a little bit like that, where if you came from losers bracket into the grand finals, you have to win to reset the bracket and then win again. But if the eighth seed team wins just once, it's over for the ninth seed team. They're eliminated. And the same thing will happen on the, uh, on the West, but the West, they invited 13 teams to this because there's so many that are so close to that eight seed right here. So um, I, I think it's whoever by standings gets the closest to the eight seed. So whatever the ninth seed is, they could still trigger that as well. I'm not sure about a tie. Um, um, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, there's a lot more teams that potentially could get that spot in the West uh, than in the East. So. Uh, the Lakers are so far away at the top here, though. 
And I'd be interested to see how many of their stars they play over the next eight games versus teams that are down here. So uh, it'll be something for all of us to look at. Uh, again, let me just pull up the, the Wizards schedule here uh, and we can uh, break down the games. I'm going to give each one of you a game really fast um, uh, just to sort of get it going uh, since we only have about 10 more minutes of, uh, of this roundtable uh, for tonight. Uh, the first game is uh, the Suns versus the Wizards. Um, I, I'm going to start off with Arun. Arun, what are some of your thoughts on the Suns? And that will be a four o'clock game this upcoming Friday. Yeah, that's like um, the worst team in the Western Conference that's in the bubble right now. So that's uh, probably the second most winnable game for the Wizards. Kelly Oubre, of course, is a uh, former Wizards, so they play against them. So Washington actually is planning on getting at least two wins. This is probably one of the games they're going to have to win uh, in the bubble. And the Suns um, aren't that bad, actually. Like, they have DeAndre Ayton, they have Devin Booker. So the Suns should win, but this is the game Washington could potentially win. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll get I'll get all of your quick takes on each of the games. I'll, I'll let the first person do the deep down breakdown, but I'll give each one of you a chance to talk about it. BC's people, champ. What are your thoughts on the Suns and Wizards? I have to uh, <clears throat> I have to echo Arun's uh, comments. Uh, the Suns clearly are they're clearly one of the worst teams in the West. Uh, but that said, again, given what has gone on with the scrimmages and seeing how the Wizards are playing in these scrimmages. Um, it still could be a game that they could lose. Um, Rui Hachimura has really stepped up as a go-to, and they got Thomas Bryant back. Thomas Bryant did test positive for the Rona early, early on, but he sent tested negative, so that's why he is with the team. He actually played today. Uh, so they have Rui and they have Thomas uh, and Ishmith. So they, they, they have the tools to be able to win it. They just got to be able to put it together. And the one thing that seems to be their their downfall is defense. I mean, they gave up well over 100 points this game against the Lakers. Defense, 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 and protect the rock. Right. All right, um, Tim, quick thoughts on Suns-Wizards. I do think this is probably one of the most winnable games, but they haven't looked good in scrimmages. Uh Mainly, I just want to see the Wizards play young guys like Bunga and Bill Wagner and uh, a lot of the a lot of the younger guards too. Rui definitely want to get a lot of minutes. But um, that being said, I agree that the Wizards could lose this in most of these games. So I'm not going to guarantee a win or anything. All right, Brian, give us your thoughts on the Suns one, and then also your thoughts on the Nets matchup on Sunday. Yeah, so um, the Suns, I think, is, like you guys said, a very winnable game. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, the games that the Wizards actually have, this is actually a winnable game. But um, it's still going to be tough. You know, I, I'd still say it's a pretty even matchup. And um, I'll be interested to see how that goes. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'll say the Wizards can win that game, but I'm not going to say for sure that they are definitely going to win. Uh, it could go either way, I think. And um, the next game – is interesting too because um, the Nets are missing pretty much their entire team. There's no Kevin Durant, there's no Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, all these guys. They've had to sign many new players. Their starting five looks pretty much completely different from how it is. 
and, or how it was at looking at the start of the season. And um, yeah, this is uh, it's an interesting matchup. I don't know if I, I really don't know if the Nets can win a game in this bubble the way they're constructed now. They are really shorthanded in this bubble and they are probably one of the teams that's in worse shape going into this thing. So um, I think the Wizards can win that game. I, I'll say I think the Wizards can beat the Nets. Um, I think when Arun said that the Suns game was the second most winnable game, I think he meant that the Nets game was the most winnable game. So I will, I'll, I'll say the Wizards get a win over the Nets. Sounds good. All right, uh, Tim, what are your, some of your thoughts on this? Well, I think if the Wizards have a chance to get the ninth playoff game, um, they're going to have to go 2-0 and in the beginning because they could easily be within four games by Sunday night if they just win their two easiest games and take – a game from Brooklyn. That's really a two game swing. So uh, we'll know by the end of the weekend, if it's going to be exciting, probably either way, but um, you know, the, the nets are so depleted, their roster might be the worst in the bubble. So uh, they're, they're playing for next year. Don't forget that. Yeah. Um, Arun, what are your thoughts on the nets? Yeah, the Nets, they're like, they might even try to lose like all eight remaining games and hope they miss the playoffs because if they miss the playoffs, they get to keep their first round pick. Whereas if they make the playoffs, they Minnesota gets their first round pick since it's lottery protected. So um, they fired their head coach, Kenny Atkinson, earlier in the season. As Brian pointed out, Irving, um, all those players are not there. And um, I don't sure if Washington in the long run really wants to win this game either, but the Nets appear to be tanking for all intents and purposes. And this is probably uh, Washington's easiest chance at a win. Yep. All right. Uh, DC people's champion. The last one on this one. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on uh, uh, the Nets? I have to agree with everybody here. Um, it's, it's clear they don't have their stars. Um, they're coming into this pretty much shorthanded. Um, I think this is the one game that if the team, if the Wizards want to have that play in to get into the playoffs and get that eight, get the AC magic out of here, they got to win these first two games, and this is the one that they can have the most chance of winning. Uh, Suns, like I mentioned earlier, they know what they got to do there. Same thing with this one. They got to just protect the ball and play defense, and they can win this game. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you uh, say that because right now any game against the Nets or Magic, as we would always say, would be almost like a uh, it's a two-game swing in the sense that you're trying to catch those teams. Uh, we don't end up actually playing uh, the Magic at all uh, in this uh, thing because you don't play every team. You kind of are trying to finish off your schedule. That's how they were doing it, where if you had a team still remaining on your schedule, they tried to schedule you against those teams. Um, and I, so also you only get eight games, so they can't obviously schedule against everybody. Uh, but uh, so it's the only one against those two teams. So it's probably one of the most pivotal ones if you're trying to get one of those spots. So uh, the last one is uh, the game against the Pacers. Pacers are kind of middle of the pack right here, as you can see. Um, and uh, but obviously they're going to want to uh, try to play for a playoff uh, positioning as well. Um, I'll start with you, DC people champ. Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on the, the Pacers on Monday at four? Um, 
again, it's just simple, simple thing of, you know, protecting the ball, not being too sloppy with the ball, um, running plays and, you know, being smart with the ball and playing defense. Again, you know, the Pacers, they don't really have much uh, in terms of the offering. I mean, they're up there in the standings, but it will be good to be able to get a good quality win uh, against the Pacers. So, um I'm gonna say that this is one that they can they can win. I don't know if they will, because again, if they still have the same performance like they've had uh, against the Lakers, who's one of the best teams in the West, uh, it may not be may not go that way. But then again, the Wizards have shown a, uh, a tendency to play up more with uh, really good teams that play down the bad teams. So it just depends on what Wizards team shows up uh, and all of that. So whatever the Wizards team shows up, that's the team that should be able to win. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right. I uh, Well, I'll let everyone else get their quick thoughts on this, and then we'll have to try to wrap it up. Uh, Tim, uh, what are your thoughts on the Pacers game? I think they're also having a lot of roster upheaval because I uh, Oladipo's out, and I've heard something about Sabonis. At least he's sick or – starting late or something so they won't be as good as before the outbreak but i still think their roster is probably stronger or it definitely is stronger so that's gonna be a tough game but if the wizards do well in the first two games maybe they'll have some more momentum and uh energy for the game so i think there's some a little upset alert potential here got it yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so uh, Arun, what are your quick thoughts on that game, matchup? Yeah, so bonus, he's um, already out of the bubble because he has a foot injury and he's getting treatment. Oladipo, officially, yeah, he officially hasn't been ruled out. He participated in one of the scrimmages. Uh, the Pacers should be the favorites. They're like the fifth seed currently in the East. Um, but yeah, it's maybe if the Washington starts well, they'll do well, but probably a loss. Well, good. Brian, uh, what are your final thoughts on uh, this before we uh, switch sports? Yeah, I think um, the Pacers are going to be a tough matchup. Um, it's a good, it'll be a good game, but I think uh, ultimately the Pacers will win, even though, like you guys have said, they have had some, they are going through some roster trouble right now. Um, they're definitely not far from where they were or, where they would be as like a, if everything was perfect. But um, I think overall the Pacers should win this game. Um, you know, you got to remember there's still no Bradley Beal or Bertans. It's just going to make it tough for the Wizards to compete against teams like the Pacers that are good in the East. So I'm going to go with the Pacers. All righty. Uh, I'm going to give everyone on the round table, except for Brian, who's going to stay with us for the uh, baseball segment, an opportunity to give uh, final thoughts on uh, – Anything with, uh, and with revol that revolves around sports or anything at all, but I'll start off with uh, Tim. What are your thoughts? Um, I would just give a shout out to the leagues that are doing the bubble this year because I'm more confident that we'll be able to finish those seasons and it's easier to just finish off a season rather than start a new one. So I'm just glad that I think we're going to get all these games off in uh, the players seem scared enough of the NBA bubble because it's in Florida. So where are you going to go to not get sick? But um, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully the Wizards will be relevant for a while. But 
you don't really see that uh, so far with the scrimmaging. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, well, Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Next week, yeah, we'll, thanks, uh, we'll uh, have uh, all three episodes, all three games to recap, uh, and we'll have three more games to preview. And it'll be a post-game show because that last game will just be finishing right before. So uh, it should be exciting. I'm happy to broadcast uh, this uh, mini tournament thing, whatever you want to call it, the bubble (laughs) tournament, I'm going to call it, uh, with you guys. So uh, I'll see you next week, Tim. All right. Have a good night, guys. All right. Thanks. DC's People Champs, I'll let you uh, give your your thoughts and uh, give a shout-out to uh, your podcast one more time. Well, I just want to say I just got to give a big shout-out to – the country of Japan, because they were able to navigate this crisis so well that they currently are doing wrestling shows with a 25% capacity crowd in their venues, wearing masks and being tip checked and everything like that. So, you know, their, their shows have a lot more energy than the shows you have here in the United States with the big companies and things of that nature. And um, this coming Sunday, uh, No Spots Podcast, we up, we're uploading our shows every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on all the streaming platforms. Uh, we're going to talk about four shows that New Japan just uh, had this coming week, uh, this past week and this week. Um, and so we're going to talk about those as well as this week that happens in wrestling with uh, WWE, NXT, uh, AEW, and all of that. So just keep an eye on your streaming platforms at 10 a.m. on Sunday for that one. Thank you so much. We look forward to breaking more basketball down with you over the next couple of weeks. Indeed. All right. Uh, Arun, final thoughts uh, before we let you go tonight? Uh, yeah, I'm not as optimistic about Thibodeau as Brian, but he can take solace in knowing the Knicks have won a playoff game more recently than the LA Lakers. Damn right. And then um, I just want to say you got to believe in yourself that's what rg3 said i'm out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sounds good all right thank you arun i appreciate your time as always and uh but yeah we'll uh, talk more basketball next week with all you guys so it should be a lot of fun so um, i appreciate it all right carol i uh i think it's time to um bring you back and maybe talk a little bit of baseball Sounds good. Sounds good. It was great hearing you guys break it all down and talk about the, you know, lowly wizards and this whole new format with everything that's going on. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see. And I can't wait to hear you guys break it down, you know, because we already know pretty much the wizards aren't going to go pretty real far. So, yeah, just another disappointing season for basketball in the city. Uh, I'm, I'm an old a Bullets fan slash Wizards fan, and I've been waiting to see a decent team that can, you know, try to make some noise on a consistent basis. So all we can do is hope, and hopefully things get better in the nation's capital when it comes to basketball. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I'm loving these transitions. Sorry, we're seeing this for the first time, trying a bunch of new stuff, and I'm enjoying uh, watching Carol's feed. Um, and uh, we're going to, um, I think, bring uh, Josh in for um, – a segment to talk a little bit of baseball with us and a little bit of football, but we're going to start it with you and Brian, and then we'll bring him in as well. But uh, the game isn't going particularly well tonight. We're still down four to one, uh, the bottom of the sixth inning. Uh, but uh, Carol, uh, let our listeners know uh, sort of how this game has gone and how the uh, that season has gone so far. 
Uh, well, this game right here, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Sanchez has been giving up solo home runs. Luckily, no one's been on base. The Nets are actually out hitting Toronto. I believe they have seven hits in this game. And it, before they got another home run, I think they only have the four hits that were all home runs that they have the 4-1 lead. So uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier with, you know, Rendon being gone and Soto not being there. Those are two big holes in that lineup. Plus, you have a new, uh, you know, new people in the mix. So, it's the, I mean, you know, it's the early in the season. You don't have a lot of time to play around, only 60 games, so can't afford to go 19 and 31 and try to come back from that. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely a game that's still winnable because we know the Nats how they roll in the late innings and hopefully they can get some mojo going later in this game and try to get the two and two instead of going one and three. But, uh, yes, we have Brian Brennan in the building who's uh, feeling pretty good with the – opening series the Nats played against the Yankees. Uh, they won two out of three versus the Nats. Um, game one was a 4-1 loss to the Yankees. Uh, it was a solo home run for the Nats. Uh, Garrett Cole against Mad Max. Uh, you know, I'm not really going to put too much stock into the game. You know, Mad Max gave up two runs early in the first. Nats got one back in the bottom, but uh, the Yankees offense was a little bit too much for him that night. Garrett Cole was pitching well. I think he was still upset about not getting in game seven and uh, that game got lost. So I think he was really motivated to put his best foot out, best foot forward for this game being the first game of the season. And I believe they say this is the first time in MLB history that you had two pitchers coming from the previous team to play in the last games of the season and to start the season. So like we said, it's going to be a crazy year, a crazy season, and hopefully the Nats can get on track. Brian, how did you feel about this game with your billion-dollar pitcher on the mound. Yeah, um, this was obviously I've been waiting for this day since um, Cole signed in December, and we had to sit through the whole pandemic. And then we finally get to Garrett Cole's first start, and he goes up against Mad Max. And, um, you know, the game really got off to a great start for my team when um, John Carlos Stanton hit a ball that's, I think, still going, honestly. I mean, it was a long, long home run. And that kind of set the tone for uh, the rest of that game. Uh, I'm not going to take anything away from Scherzer because he actually pitched pretty well in this game. He struck out 11, but um, in in only six innings too, I believe, or like five innings, I think, but um, five innings, but um, yeah, you know, Cole, you know, was, was good. He didn't have his best stuff, honestly. You know, he gave up the home run to Eaton in the first inning and uh, it didn't look like Cole had his best stuff, but he was still getting people out. He's, he struck out five, I think. And, um, you know, he did his job. And then, of course, the rain came. And, um, you know, the Yankees were up 4-1, and they actually had runners on second and third with nobody out at the time. So they were prepared to break the game open. But, um, unfortunately, the rains came, shortened the game, gives the Yankees the win. Um, it was a good way to start the season. I wish they had played the full nine innings, but um, obviously that rain was crazy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was nuts. We saw it all throughout the area last week. That rain was nuts. And, um, yeah, I, I was I was happy with the win and a great way to start the season for the Yankees. Sorry, guys, but uh, I was pretty happy. <laughs> Robbie, did you get a chance to check out any of the game when I know we talked about it a little bit? Did you get any chance to see any of the first game? Yeah, I watched a bit of that first game, uh, but obviously the the rain tapered my uh, love of that game. I, I couldn't – once we went in the first rain delay, and then it started to come back, and then I was like, I don't know. I just I, – I couldn't 
rain delays really kind of ruin games for me. Like, I, it's hard for me to come back to them, especially, like, early season, not playoff game, like, games. So, I, I was a little bummed out that, like, I don't know, it was a little lackluster, you know, like, with the, you know, raising of the pennant and the, just not having the fans there for that amazing moment. Uh, it was, it's hard to not think of it as a bummer, not to even play a full nine innings that night. It was just, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a letdown game. But I, I was happy with how the next game went. So if you want to jump into that one, I, I'm more than happy to talk about that. Yeah, definitely. I just put that up there. The second game of the series, the Nationals' bats came alive. Strasburg was supposed to pitch, but he had a, a nerve issue in his throwing hand. Uh, Eric, Eric Fetty started the game. Uh, Taylor, uh, yeah, T Taylor Rain. I'm going to just say Rainey. Tanner Rainey. Yeah, Tanner. I don't know why I couldn't get it out. Tanner <laughs> Rainey got the win. Uh, Nats won nine to two. The bats came alive. Uh, uh, Robles had a had a very good game in the field and at the plate. I believe he had four RBI, a double, and a home run. Uh, Cabrera, I believe he went three for four. He had a, a home run in the game also, and uh, that looked like the Nats team that you know we're ready to see. You know, offense uh, clicking, solid pitching. Uh, only thing that kind of dampened this game they had five errors they had three errors no four errors by the third inning which I didn't get a chance to see the whole game but when I flipped and they were up three to one with four errors and in three innings I had a feeling it was going to be a crazy game and unfortunately I didn't get a chance to watch it as closely as I wanted to but I was flipping back and forth and uh, we're just happy they got the first one of the season nine to two over the the highly touted Yankees Brian how did you feel about this game I know you watched it from the beginning of the game. yeah I didn't feel great about this game but um you know, I was you know, I was sad to see Steven Strasburg not start this game, honestly, because he's never actually started a game against the Yankees. So mm -hmm. I was excited to see – I wanted to see him against my team. Um, but unfortunately, he wasn't able to go. Um, but Fetty actually did a pretty good job. Um, the Nationals got out to a 3 nothing lead, and then the, the Yankees cut it to 3-2. Giancarlo hit another long home run. But um, he kills the Nats, man. He, he actually he has the most home runs of any visiting player at Nationals Park with 22. So, um, yeah, he's a machine at Nationals Park. But the Nationals really blew it open from there. Uh, they scored um, six unanswered runs after that. Um, the fielding from the Nationals was definitely bad. I don't know where that came from. They could not field the ball at all, but it didn't really end up mattering. Um, that's something they're going to have to work on if they want to have success this season because you cannot have five errors in a game and expect to do what you did last season. So, um, yeah, um, this was a good win for the Nationals. Uh, congrats. Um, but um, and I just want to say James Paxton, the starter for the Yankees, was awful in this game. He did not last two innings. He pitched the first inning, and then he got left, I believe, with the bases loaded in the second inning and no outs. He was terrible. But the Yankees' bullpen was – you know, they weren't, they didn't use all their big guns. The Yankees have one of the most loaded bullpens in baseball. So they were able to um, take advantage of that and the expanded rosters. So um, that was one positive from the game. And um, yeah, it was a good one for the Nats. Robbie, what is your take though on this first victory for the Nats? I, I was super happy to see them get a win, obviously. I, I, clearly they were equally unhappy with the result of their first game and uh, they wanted to come back out and show that in some ways. I mean, they got on them pretty early. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was a good win for the Nationals because they kind of needed a, a bounce back. There's just not a lot of games this season, so you can't fall too far behind. I mean, remember last year they fell behind early and then they had an opportunity to make it up. 
uh, we don't have that cushion this year. So uh, you don't want to sort of, you don't want to go, oh, and three, let's say to start a series to start the season with only 60 games. Yeah, no doubt. That's why this game is kind of crucial to get off on the right foot and try to get back to 500 because you don't want to dig yourself in a deep hole that you won't be able to have enough time to get out of. And we'll go into the last game of the series, which was uh, pretty much the way I figured the series would end with the Yankees winning the first one four to one and Nats getting some offense three to two. I was hoping for a Nats win, but it was a three two win by the Yankees. Um, Chad Green got the win for the Yankees and Sean Doolittle took the loss. He gave up a run in the top of the eighth, which was the game-winning run, which made, I say, 3-2. I didn't get a chance to watch this game at all because I was doing at the bar radio, uh, getting too drunk. Uh, Brian, break down this game for us. I know you checked it out. Yeah, uh, this game was a good one. Um, it was actually the Yankees' bullpen day, so they started Jonathan Loizaga against Patrick Corbin, and Patrick Corbin was great. Patrick Corbin was mowing the Yankees down throughout this game, but um, – you know, it kind of it's you know it's funny we're talking about the Nationals because this game actually kind of reminded me a little bit of Game Seven of the World Series last year, where um, you know they they were down two nothing, but then they gave up a home run, and um, then that kind of got the spark going again and the spark to come back. Well, it kind of reminded me of that. The Yankees were down two nothing, and then um, Glaber Torres hits his first home run of the year, and then that was followed an inning or two later by Luke Voigt hitting his first home run of the year. And uh, I had been bashing Boyd. I had been saying they should start Mike Ford over him, but uh, I was glad that they hit a, hit a home run yesterday. And um, Gleyber Torres is one of the best young players in baseball, and he got the game-winning RBI single off of Dew in the eighth inning. And, um, you know, the ninth inning was very interesting. Um, the Yankees brought in Zach Britton, who is their uh, closer right now with the Roldis Chapman still coming back from COVID-19. And um, the Nationals got a runner on second with nobody out to start the inning. And pinch runner Emilio Bonifacio tried to steal third, and he overslid the bag and was tagged out. So that cost the Nationals big time in the ninth inning. The the Yankees were pretty much able to close it down from there. Um, But a huge base running mistake and a a tough loss from somebody who uh, is new to the Nationals in Bonifacio. So um, I'm sure that's not going to endear him to the fans or any of his teammates. But um, as a Yankee fan, I loved this win. I was really fired up after it. I blasted New York, New York after it. And um, I was really happy. I'm glad to get a series win against the defending champs. It was two good teams going at it this weekend. It was great. Uh, no doubt. Well, I didn't know it came down to the bad base running there yet. You don't never want to be the first out when you're on second with no outs. You, you take, be patient. And that's one thing the Nets did last year on their run. They were patient. They didn't panic. They didn't try to do too much. They played. They stayed in their lane and played their role. Like you said, he's a new fan of the team. Hopefully that'll be a lesson to them. Slow your roll, young man. We got this. You don't need to steal bases when, you know, it would have been great for them to get the third with no outs, but it, it it's high risk, low reward. Uh, but like I said, we're not going to dwell on it. It was a good series. Uh, glad to have you break it down. I know, yeah, you text me as soon as the game was up. <laughs> So it's cool, you know. I know you love your Yankees. I love my Nets, and uh, with this new schedule, we'll be we'll be seeing you again, guys. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to another Yankees Nationals matchup. That's for sure. Yes, yeah. And so, and that's crazy. They're gonna play six games this year when they usually, if they played, would only do four. And this year, they weren't gonna play at all. So you know, there's a lot more games against than you would. Um, so uh, that'll be interesting. Maybe we can get Strasburg matchup against the Yankees for you, Brian. 
Yeah. yeah, that's what I want. I'm looking for. I hope that happens. I hope that happens. Like, I want to see the best one of the best pitchers in the game go at it against my team. That's why I was happy Scherzer started on opening day. That's why I was looking forward to Strasburg the next day. So, um, hopefully, that matchup does happen. Brian, before we let you go, I, I did want to ask you what some of your thoughts are on today's COVID uh, outbreak in baseball and if you wanted to expand on your, any of your thoughts on any of the leagues uh, before we let you go. Yeah, so um, the news broke today that I think it was 14 players and coaches from the Miami Marlins tested positive for COVID-19. The Yankees were about to go to Philadelphia and play the Phillies tonight, but the Marlins just used the visiting clubhouse and visiting locker room uh, at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia, so they had to cancel the game. And obviously the uh, Marlins game tonight against the Orioles was also canceled in Miami. so people have been kind of panicking all day, wondering like what this means for baseball. Um, they're still playing baseball. They haven't canceled the season or anything. I'm actually watching the Mets and the Red Sox game right now on my TV. Um, so I, it, it's, it, I'll be interested to see what baseball does because this is a big deal. This is a good portion of a team testing positive. And Rob Manfred so far has said that he's not canceling the season. He's not going to suspend the season. Um, and, you know, personally – it's, it's crazy to think that we're already one week into the season. We're not even one week into the season, and we're already dealing with this. It's a bad look, you know, considering that the NBA and the NHL have zero positive COVID tests. They're doing bubbles, and it makes you wonder, why didn't Major League Baseball do a bubble for this when, you know, and, and put, all, put everybody at risk the way they are and let them travel across the country like this? I don't know. It's a frustrating situation. Um, yeah, I'm still happy there's baseball back, but I really, I'm worried about if they're going to be able to complete the season. I really am. Cause if this keeps happening, what are they going to do? Their hands are going to be tied. They're going to have to cancel the season or something. Right. So here's my issue with it because uh, this is fine on a one time basis, but they're trying to fit 60 games into, I think 70 days or something like that. So it's yeah. like, so there's just not a lot of off days to like reschedule w- large amounts of games. You can, I mean, do doubleheaders, sure, but you know, uh, it, it could become a big problem with you know scheduling and and of a lot of issues. I don't know how you do it though. I mean, um, I baseball is so many games. I just unlike basketball, you just you, they play every day. So like you couldn't have a, a bubble, you know, and still play. Because you let's say you have four teams in every time zone every day, right? So like yeah. that would be tough to try to schedule in one location. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it, w- it wouldn't be difficult at all, but I'm I'm just saying. Because like, I was thinking know, maybe you do four, uh, you do three bubbles, you know, one for each, you know, central, right. west, east kind of thing, because yeah. they're already only playing within their division. But you still have to find a way to get four games in one bubble a day. And I just yeah. don't know if there's enough hours in the day to do it, but. Clearly, I will, we'll see. I can't say clearly it's not and working, but this is I, a big problem. I just want to point out one one thing Arun actually just said. Arun said that uh, the Marlins knew that they were tested positive yesterday, and they still decided to play against the Phillies, which is a terrible look. And that really actually pisses me off, and it makes me disappointed in their manager, Don Mattingly, who is one of the greatest Yankees of all time. And um, this is just it's a, the Marlins situation is just, it's just a mess. But, um, you know, hopefully baseball sorts it out. I don't have a lot of confidence in the commissioner, but um, hopefully they're able to figure it out. That's pretty much all I have to say on it. Yeah. 
I think they could get four games in one day. They just have to have an early game, and, you know, you're going to have late games. If you, you They would be able to. That might be a good compromise to deal with the situation. But, I mean, it would have to be when a team went to Philadelphia that this would happen. It would have to be Philly. <laughs> it had to be the city of brotherly hate. So, I mean, it, it is a scary situation. I think it was 19. I, I think I saw a report that said 19 of the uh, players and coaches of Miami. And like you said, that's a large chunk of the team. And then, like, you can – I mean, you can call up the AAA guys, but then you're not even having an MLB roster for real. So it is a sticky situation. Uh, the commissioner in baseball, you know a lot more about him than I do, Brian. I haven't really been a, you know, big fan of, of commissioners of any leagues because they <laughs> – Sometimes, most times, seem like they're over their head when real problems occur. But when everything's great, you know, they're out there in the podium with their chest out, yada, yada, yada. But when you have a real situation and, you know, when it hits the fan, they don't know what to do. And for him to say that he wouldn't cancel the season or wouldn't suspend it, especially with this starting, like you said, not even a whole week of baseball. You have almost a whole team, you know, going to testing positive. I hope he, you know, if it does, hopefully it doesn't get worse. But if it does, I hope he's man enough to back off that if that would be necessary to do that. But like you said, the NHL and NBA have done a good job with the so-called, you know, bubble or whatever and keeping folks quarantined and, you know, isolated so they don't get it. So maybe they have to do something like you guys are talking about, you know, have a central hub where everybody stays there. And, you know, since they're playing mostly in their division teams or East Coast teams, just try to find, but it's kind of too late for that because the season is already underway. That should have been done before. So it's a sticky situation, man, a scary situation also because even though all the money and the fans, it ain't worth somebody's life. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, we're going to bring in – well, I'll let you uh, go, Brian. Uh, thank you for staying on with us for multiple segments, but I look forward to uh, maybe talking a little more hockey and basketball and maybe even more baseball with you next week as well. Yeah, no problem. I just want to say today actually marks three years of me living in the D.C. area, and yeah. I've loved every minute of it, and I want to thank you guys for being a big part of it. Um, other than that, let's go, Yankees. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. We've loved having you here. Yeah, man. You uh, got it out of New York, and you're down here with us. So, hey, man, always sir. love, man. And awesome. in, that in that time period, four championships. Three, if you just count the major sports behind uh, Carol and up here on my pillow. But uh, it's uh, – we appreciate the extra luck you've given the DMV. Yeah, no problem. You guys are welcome for sure. Have a good night, guys. <laughs> All right. We're going to bring in our uh, next guest here. Um, and uh, he's been on uh, the show before. Uh, he is the host of uh, the Josh Kirby on Sports uh, podcast. Uh, Josh Kirby himself. Um, Josh, if you want to join us. Let me see. There he is. Hey, hey. There we go. I was about to say. There we Gentlemen, go. season five. Season yeah. five premiere, man. You made it on. You made it to the show. We were trying to get you on. We was going to find a way I, to I, get you on for the season five premiere. Yeah, I, I'm, gl I'm glad to be on it. Five seasons going strong. You all are doing great stuff, and I'm glad to be a part of it. That's awesome. What are uh, some of your thoughts on uh, some of these uh, this baseball situation? as you currently see it? Well, I was working today, uh, good, nice long 10 hour shift. And, um, then I 
take a short break. I see the news pop up on my phone about the Miami Marlins and how the Marlins game is canceled and now the Yankees game is canceled. And I'm like, if this is going to continue, I'm not going to be surprised if the MLB calls it calls it short like no champion nothing and uh, i just think that goes back i um had an interview with um joe beninati the voice of the capitals but um he said i'm gonna paraphrase what he said he was like i want sports to return but only when it is safe to do so and with all these covid tests popping back positive i'm not sure if it's safe to do so in the mlb and um I, I think you're correct in saying there should have been some sort of bubble format or whatnot. I'm not really sure what the parameters would be on this bubble format, but I I, I just think since they've already started, it's gonna be it's gonna be too late. And I I'm honestly not gonna be surprised if the MLB decides to cancel their season because I want everybody safe and healthy. Uh, even you all, I'm sure you all want life to go back to the way it was. Um, yeah. And uh, and we can't do that if people aren't taking the precautions and teams are popping positive for COVID tests. I mean, the, the, there's nothing else to say about it. I mean, yeah, you don't think that them popping positive for COVID is affecting us, but it does. It's all over the world. So I I just want everybody to get through this healthy and safe so we can go on to living our great lives, you know? Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with this. I was just reading the tweet uh, that Arun sent me, uh, from Matt Breen, the Marlins learned before Sunday's game that three players had tested positive for COVID-19. So they held a players meeting to decide if they should play against the Phillies. I can't find that protocol in the MLB's 101 page manual. So there's a lot to unpack in that tweet. What? Uh, you know, the, a, that they have 101 pages that they've got to try to figure out. And then when some issue happens, try to figure out how to fix it. But also like clearly that wasn't, way that it should have been so they shouldn't have asked the players what to do they probably should have contacted the league and been like we tested positive what what what's the right decision here or not even ask anybody and be like clearly the right decision is not to play like i don't care what the protocol is yeah. uh, you know you should have played well, like well we all know common sense is not common <laughs> yeah uh, so. quick game note uh game break uh nationals are still down four to one but they have two on one out in the bottom of the seventh with Starling Castro at the plate, trying to get a run home uh, that was low and outside. It's a two, one count bottom of the seventh. Nats down by three, one swing of the back and tie this game up or can at least make it a little bit closer. Castro out. He had a good season last year coming in, coming here uh, to fill, you know. Interesting. That was way outside. Say that again. It was way outside. So it's three and one now. Oh, yeah, three and one out 96 miles an hour. So they're looking, hopefully, maybe get a base hit or load the bases, and hopefully the Nats can take advantage this time and get some runs on the board to try to cut into this league or possibly take the lead if he gets base here. Oh, they gave him the green light, but he popped it up. Nah, damn it. I'm sorry. Oh, my. Oh, wait, he dropped it. You're ahead of my speed. 
Wait, did he drop it? No. Oh, no, he just dropped the ball after he caught it. Okay. That was the rule that they had, you know, they, they had to address a couple of years ago was did he have possession of the ball, and that was ruled out. Damn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see, they replaying it. Uh, yeah, that's clearly a catch. I think so. It was just on a transfer. Yeah, that was clearly an out. So the Nats still have, uh, excuse me, two on, two out. Uh, let's see who's covered up now. We got Howie Kendrick. Oh, so did this could turn out well. Let's go ahead. <laughs> we'll stay here for a little bit. Yeah. I'm Howie. It, it's a, a sprint. It's a sprint, not a marathon. So um, every game sort of counts in this yeah. opinion. Uh, FP Santangelo actually tweeted one day, um, one win equals 2.7 wins in <laughs> this 60 game sprint so instead of his motto one and oh today go 2.7 and oh today so fp always got something boy i love it i love listening to him do play by play and i mean color commentary because i learned so much about baseball he sometimes he a little over the top and he can get a little irritating sometimes but i love him for the most part because he gives you many little jewels and so much knowledge from him playing the game as long as he did I, I actually had Bob Carpenter on my show before COVID started. He was down at spring training. One of the best interviews yet. Nice. That's great. Man, you cool. gotta try to get him on here too. I would love I would love to hear Bob Carpenter just to say see you later on the air, man. <laughs> I I actually met him and before I left to go back to my seat, I was like, Hey, until next time, see you later. <laughs> And That's awesome. Nats didn't get any runs home. Howie grounded out to third, 4-1, going into the top of the eighth. Nats still have some life, but that might have been their last shot at trying to make a real push in this game. I'm not going to count them out, but they've had a couple opportunities to get back in this game and take this game over, and unfortunately, they just haven't been able to do it. Yeah. So, so real quickly, I'm going to just go over the national schedule for this week, and then we'll move on to some uh... – a football talk real quickly before we head out of here. And, All uh, right. You know, try to wrap it up, but maybe, maybe under two hours, who knows? <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, we're playing the series against the Blue Jays, um, which originally the first two games were considered home games for the Nationals, and the second two games will be road games for the Nationals. But all four of the games are going to be played uh, in D.C. because I don't know if every one of our listeners knows this, but the Blue Jays are not allowed in Toronto is funny so they'll play some games in road facilities some games uh actually in buffalo new york uh but um if basically the facility where that other team plays and it's easy to get to like they were already in dc they'll just continue to play here so um poor blue jays don't really have a home i know that they don't have fans you know this season but that's got to be super strange to not basically be out of your country for your the entire season um so for the games um so the, food, man. yeah i know it's it's the opposite like the hockey is all in toronto and baseball is not allowed in toronto because they don't want americans once they've got out of the bubble kind oh, of thing. Yeah, yeah yeah i didn't yeah i was gonna leave that one alone <laughs> No. I mean, I still haven't pieced that together why NHL bubble is in Toronto, but yet the, it's, it's Blue the Jays biggest aren't it's allowed. the biggest city in uh uh in the eastern um that's not in 
uh, America because they figured that the ca the cases were much smaller and they could uh, Toronto's a big city so they could support all the eastern teams you know with uh, hotels and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I I, I uh, guess so. Yeah, but in uh, baseball, there just there's too many traveling. It goes back to this thing where teams be coming across the border, no quarantine, you know, no protocols, and uh, so that's tough. So anyway, first game is going on right now, uh, down four one as Carol was talking about. The second game is tomorrow at six oh five. Wednesday is also at six oh five. On Thursday, it's four oh five again. The Nationals will bat. Um, you know, last on tomorrow's game, but then they'll obviously bat first for Wednesday and Thursday. And then on Friday, they start a series against this Miami Marlins that has COVID. So very quickly, we'll see, do we play Miami? Does that happen? So these issues that we were just talking about really come to the forefront very, very quickly. Uh, Friday, the scheduled start time is 7.10. Saturday, scheduled start time is 6.10. Sunday, it starts at 1.10. This is down in Miami where obviously it could be a hot spot and the team they're playing yeah. against uh, could have COVID themselves. So um, it'll be uh, interesting to see uh, what. Does the dog want to join the podcast? Yes, yes. <laughs> Ginny does want to join the podcast. She doesn't agree with it either. Right. She doesn't think that people with COVID uh, should be playing baseball. I agree, Ginny. You know, very smart dog. Um, but uh, Carol, what are your thoughts on having to play Miami while I try to see what's wrong with Ginny? Uh, I don't know if you chance it because you already have night between 14 and 19 folks testing positive. Miami, Florida is a, a hotbed, even though some don't want to believe that for the virus. So, I mean, and like you said, there's very no quarantine time, you know, traveling. I just think they took the wrong approach with this. They should have went at it like the NBA and the NHL did. Uh, but it's, it's, like I said, you don't want to risk nobody's lives just for a game or just for revenue. And, you know, I know it's a strain on everybody financially. Uh, the owners, you know, they, they're wealthy, but they have these contracts they have to get fulfilled. They're losing money on the uh, uh, concession side, on the parking side, on the merchandising side, but still trying to put it to put a, a product out there for us to watch. So, I mean, like I said earlier, the commissioner, he said that he wouldn't suspend the season and shut it down. I mean, if this situation continues, not even a whole week into the season, I hope he's man enough to, to renege on those words and shut it down to make sure everyone is safe. What about you, Josh? Well, I think if it gets that far and the Nats end up playing Miami, I saw the Davey Martinez press conference and he said, my fear level has ra raised from an eight to a 12. Um, if they can't get this under control um, uh, by then, there's going to be some serious questions that need to be answered. Could it be the MLB kicks Miami out of the season? Can they do something like that? I don't know, but um, I just, I just think it just comes down to how are they going to handle this? If the MLB is forced to shut down the season. It's crazy. Uh, Robbie, are you back? Let me, uh, for some reason, my Facebook feed has. I, I know. I saw that too. I was about to mention that. And this is why we have the producer feed in the other one. So we'll grab the audio from the other one and I'll piece you know, it together. YouTube, if you're missing out on Facebook and you were checking this out, go check out the YouTube feed. Oh, That's so it never stopped on YouTube? That's so weird. 
Yeah, let me double check because I just got the it just cut off for me. I don't that's the second time I did it around an hour and a half. I don't know why, but that's the second time it's happened to me. But it, we're, uh, we're testing all sorts of you know stuff here, you know. Uh, but we have the producer feed over on Sports on the Hill podcast page. It's recording the whole thing, so uh, we'll all be good. But I've been loving the stats and all the fun stuff that you've been doing, Carol. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to uh, to do that as well. Um, That's the crazy thing. I think it shut down on my YouTube, but I still have it's still streaming on the OBS. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. Sometimes uh, Mob Crush, though, once the feed stops for long enough, it just cuts on both. So, um, but that's okay. We'll just finish up this segment over here on, uh, unless you want to start another one to do. Do you want to start a new one for football real quick? Yeah, I can get ready to do that real quick. Yeah, I'll, we'll let Carol. Uh... Robbie, you always on it, man. That's why I love you, man. You always on it. Let me go. <laughs> Give me a quick second. You guys go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more baseball, and then you can do that, and uh, we'll get it all sorted out. And this is why I run simultaneous feeds, and we've got graphics and videos, and we do so much. We started off on Sports and Health Podcast Season 1, and it was just Carol and me talking sports. And in Season towards the end of season one we we're like well let's add some live video and so we had some video and then we did the split screen in season three then we each started doing obs last year and having stats and figures and having each one of our points of view and then uh, this year we're trying to combine us using zoom and all sorts of different things so we're always trying to push the envelope we we're never satisfied to take a line from hamilton and uh you know it's uh it's important to keep pushing and it's kind of a cool time period here uh to this pinnacle of the the rebirth of sports if you will in the era of covid and uh, it's gonna it's been an interesting show so far tonight i uh i appreciate all the nhl talk uh talking to anna uh was a lot of fun and uh, getting brian's thought and i'm really excited about it um of all the different sports josh i know you talk about a lot of different sports do you uh uh are you excited about the the basketball the hockey you know tournaments all of them or what what are some of your thoughts well i'll definitely be tuned into the um uh nba nhl i make i'm interested to see how that will work how that will go in their respective bubble formats um uh most of all i know this is down the line but i'm looking forward to seeing if the nfl will start on time uh, I, it's still a long way down the road, but I'm looking forward to seeing how that will go. But um, I'm looking forward to watching sports in general. But like I said before, I would like sports to return when everybody is safe and healthy to do so. So if there's more risk of COVID or anything when these sports leagues restart, I, I mean, I just don't feel comfortable having them play you know and um it's crazy to me the times we are in right now but i i'm just looking forward to it all together yeah that sounds good Uh, i see a rune here in the chat um i appreciate him sticking with us uh and and giving me comments stuff he says the nfl is still thinking they have fans i was like it's interesting (laughs) so um it's interesting to see um you know, what this does, whether NFL fans want to buck the system and, you know, come to games live. There's some talk that some stadiums will allow for a couple of people in, you know, we've heard wide ranges from nobody's allowed in like what with the jets and the giant stadium to some people saying they're going to have a minimal amount. Um, I don't know how you 
space out tickets when you're selling them so that families get a certain range and a certain amount of you know, six feet away from the next person. I don't know how you figure any of that out. And I don't know how you figure out the travel situation that we're seeing with baseball. But uh, I saw that Carol started a football feed. Carol, what are your, some of your thoughts going into training camp with football? Uh, and do you think football is possible in, uh, in this kind of situation? Uh, well, we talked about it briefly last uh, show we did, premiering up until the season five premiere tonight. Uh, they were testing everyone in training camp the first two weeks of training camp, which I don't really understand. Instead of doing it the whole training camp, I mean, it is close to the public, and now they have no preseason games. So I'm assuming that they're using the same logic as with the MLB, that they're basically in a bubble because they're not traveling and not going anywhere. They're not having scrimmages against other teams. So I feel like they, you know, feel like comfortable right there. But then going into the season, you know, how are they going to handle it with travel? And are they going to test the players daily? Are they going to test them on game day or test them on Saturday to travel day? Uh, hopefully they have all of this stuff figured out. If they can, you know, maintain and, you know, keep folks safe and not, you know, sick. I think if they have a good plan that it will hopefully work if they, you know, quarantine and do all the stuff that they already have you know, hotels that, you know, know what's going on with the players coming in, that they have them clean, you know, sanitizing, all of that good stuff. It depends on how much planning that they've gone into. As we see, the MLB hasn't really put all the thought and process into it. We saw NHL and NBA, you know, with a little bit more thought, and we see the success they're having. So it's all going to come into the preparation and planning that the NFL had put in place. And with uh, Roger Goddell, as always, <laughs> I don't, I don't have much faith in him to have the foresight to think about all those contingencies, but all we can do is wait and see, and hopefully they can stay healthy and we don't have an issue like we have with Miami that one one day they'll pop up that uh, somebody, you know, one team has 20 players, uh, you know, test positive in one day. So I'm hopeful. I'm praying that we can have football because I want to see what this Washington football team is going to do amidst all of this garbage that's going on in all season. Their fans are up in the roar about they're forgetting about what's going on with the actual team when they get caught up in all of the rhetoric and, and you know, propaganda instead of worrying about the football team, which is, happens to be their name for the next year. So Neville felt jealous of Ginny's uh, cameo you know, with the barking, so uh, he's now joining uh, the video feed here. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Neville is a cool ass cat. I'm not a cat person. <laughs> Neville is a cool ass cat, man. Yeah, a really cool dude. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. And and to clarify a rune statement, he didn't finish the statement. And he didn't write the second line. He says NFL is still thinking they have fans in the stands. He wasn't making fun of you know fans leaving in droves like I was accusing him of. But I think both are true. Uh, <laughs> people are uh, pretty upset. Uh, speaking of fans that are upset, I think that's a good segue, right? Let's talk about the. Uh, formerly known as the Washington Redskins fan base, right? So uh, I wanted to do a little disclaimer before we talk about the Washington, D.C. football team. I may slip up and call them the Redskins from time to time. I will try my very, very best not to, but trust me when I say it, it's not a slur. It's the fact that I was born during a Washington football game, and I've hailed to those Redskins for my entire life, and uh, it, it'll be tough. I've been a person who is a supporter of the Redskins name, I'll be honest. I'm supporter of the change as well. And I think you can be a supporter of both and you can continue to support this team. I know uh, there's a bunch of groups out there that have really struggled with that and they don't know whether they should still support the team 
I know there are many Native Americans out there that are probably disappointed that their representation is dwindling in sports. They may not want to still support the team. You know, people that don't live in the DMV, it's easy if you live in the DMV to continue to support the Washington football team, as you always have, as people support a lot of the teams we see on this program. But uh, it's going to be tough for many people. There are some people that the only reason they like Dan Snyder was the fact that he didn't cave on changing the team name, right? And now he's done that. So they've literally lost the last thing that Dan Snyder could do. And it's interesting, the Washington Post expose, we talked about it a little bit last week, um, you know, they're trying to basically, I wonder if it's the Washington Post trying to push Dan out of, you know, to selling the team to their owner, uh, Jeff Bezos from Amazon. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see if he continues to own the team or if he wants to rebrand it and then sell it and just get out of this headache. Cause I don't think that owning this team has been quite as successful or as uh, exciting as Dan Snyder may have liked going into this. I can't imagine he's super excited with how the last 20 years have gone. Uh, I know that the fan base isn't, but I'm hoping that we can talk about this that we could use this as a jumping off point. This is a fresh start, a new team, a new coach. And yeah, maybe we'll get rid of, uh, the Indian burial curse or whatever people, <laughs> you know, some people don't believe in curses. Sometimes we believe in curses. Sometimes we don't on this, on uh, this show. I know TP3 does not necessarily believe in curses, but he does believe in, in jinxes with the hockey gods. So, uh, you know, well, yeah, I know that sometimes, yeah, you are superstitious and sometimes you're less so. We got breaking news. I just got through my feet. I just spoke about Roger Goddell and I <laughs> just got a, let's see, just got something coming from he puts out a letter to the NFL fans explaining plans for the season. Uh, let's see if I can give a read it. Just might as well it's breaking news. Might as well go ahead and read it real quick. It says every step of the way our focus has been on the safety of players, coaches, personnel, fans in our community. Our planning has followed, followed the lead of medical experts, public health officials, including the CDC, the White House Task Force, governors and state and health officials and state health officials. As we have developed our 2020 playbook for the return of football, safety continues to be our first priority. That commitment will remain paramount as players return to the field. The league and the players union reached agreement on a plan. Last Friday, after all preseason games were canceled, team facilities were shut down by Goodell in late March, only to begin reopening in the cautious basis this summer. The NFL in 2020 will not look like other years. Goodell added players and coaches will be tested for virus regularly including every day for a while, no timetable just says a while. Preseason games have been canceled. Everyone in the team environment must follow rigorous health and safety protocols to keep themselves and each other safe. When there is a positive test, strict regulations will be enforced to isolate and care for the individual to contain the virus before it spreads. Uh, you can go check out the rest of it on ESPN there, the one that just broke it. I was just giving you the first couple of you know paragraphs of it. We were just speaking about the hopeful parameters or stuff they had in place. If someone does have a positive test and looks like that they have uh, addressed that and uh, you can go read the letter. I'll probably share it on Sports on the Hill podcast page later on my page later, or you can go read it for yourself right now. But uh, with the Washington football team name, I cleared it up yesterday for, if you didn't check out at the bar radio, the Washington football team is the name because of litigation. We all heard about the guy that trademarked all of the different variations of Redskins. Mm -hmm. Smartest man alive. I'm telling I, you why. It was, man, I wish I'd have got in on that, man, because somebody got to kiss the ring to get that, that trademark. 
but then also the leading candidate that we that we that I know I like the Red Wolves. I believe it's a team in either Colorado, a college team in either Colorado or Utah that has that name also. So this 16 months of saying Washington football team is for litigation. It isn't some diabolical plan by the NFL to ruin the team. It isn't Daniel Snyder with something up his sleeve. It's called the legal system, people. Put the conspiracy conspiracy theories away. It isn't always trickery. It isn't always something behind. Sometimes it's something as simple as common sense. But as I said earlier, common sense is not common nowadays. So I don't have a problem with the name change. I put the article out six years ago with my solution, you know, and that they didn't take it. But, you know, I already had my, my, my points of it. I mean, it, like you said, Robbie, it's a fresh start, fresh change. They're not wiping the history books. They're not taking the three Super Bowl titles. They're not doing any of that. They're just changing the name. Same franchise, different name. Things have been rebranded all the time. We spoke about that also yesterday on the show. But it's it's a, it's just a funny time. I'm, I'm going to root for this team no matter what. As I've shown, I have the logo tattooed on my arm. So it makes no difference to me if they sell another rare skin. <laughs> it's on me for the rest of my life. So I'm good with that. But it's definitely going to be an interesting season. We're going to get in some of the quick storylines before we go a little too long. We were trying to get done before two hours, but we're not. Uh, Alex Smith has been cleared to play. He's uh, going to start the season on the pup list. Uh, Darius Geis actually got cleared today to resume full football duties. So, you know, those two guys, I was on the record when it happened. Luckily, me and Robbie was at that game, thank God, because I didn't see it on TV, because I have a photographic memory and I can still see the Joe Thousand injury from when I was seven years old. And I said then, and I'll say it again now, I don't feel that he will play another down as quarterback in this league, not because the physical aspect, but the mental aspect. And Darius, before I pass it to Josh to see your thoughts, and with Darius guys, folks said that he was injury prone before. I used to argue and be like, nah, I just a couple of fluke injuries. But when you're on the IR three times in two years, he has a lot to prove to me, especially with the draft that this team has had, with some of the weapons that they picked up offensively, and with Adrian Peterson re-signing and still looking like he's ready to rock and roll for another three, four years, maybe. I, I need I need to see it on the field. If he can stay healthy and go out there and, and, and run hard like he does and learn how to, you know, take contact sometimes it's easy to go out of bounds or go down without taking that big hit, then I'll be convinced. But I believe he is gonna be an X factor for this team. If he can stay healthy. That's going to go a long way with this team. If not, next man up. And I feel like they have it uh, enough talent, even though some folks don't think so, to make the offense work and the first year of the system. What do you say, Josh? Uh, well, I love Darius Geis, but will he? I think the best thing that will be happening to Darius Geis is that he will play in zero preseason games. So yeah. he he can start the season, but. Will he last through a whole season? I haven't seen that. And I I don't know. I, I've only seen a handful of his carries. I can't make a fair assessment on, is he going to be ready to go? It, it, has he been training, getting ready, preparing? You know, but there are a lot of unknowns with that. Alex Smith, um, I think the Washington football team is – going to be moving on so to speak i i think alex smith might get an opportunity to play i mean that that acl excuse me leg injury it was gruesome and to recover from that 
it's incredible, but still, I think the Reds. I said the Redskins. Oh my gosh! <laughs> swear, swear jar, right? You know. Yeah. Swear jar. They put two dollars in every time they say the R word. <laughs> no, but anyways, the Washington football team. I think they're um, sticking with Dwayne Haskins. I think they're going to build a future with Dwayne Haskins, and. Unfortunately, the only way I see Alex Smith getting to play more football is if he gets traded or signs with a different team. But uh, yeah, it's a great story. Alex Smith recovering from all this leg injuries, so many surgeries, like the news about he had an infection and he had to go in for another surgery. It, it's a wonderful story, and I'm glad he – has recovered and he has been cleared to play football. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll just say a couple of quick things. One on that. Uh, I think he could be a great mentor for Haskins. I think if he plays the role and he takes that, you know, that check and really uses it wisely and doesn't sit on it. Like some players have in the past for this franchise, but really actually uses that as a mentoring role, having another coach on the sideline and very few quarterbacks also make it the entire season uninjured, you know? So uh, you may see him, you know, suit up, unfortunately, you know, so uh, I think having another person who could learn a playbook and a smart guy behind there that could, you know, back him up and teach him could be really big. The one thing I also want to talk about the logo thing, since I have a lot of experience making and designing logos, including our own, uh, it takes a long time to design a logo and it takes a long time to come up with a name. And I think to do it right, it does take 12 to, you know, you know 16 months or so. And what I do like that uh, the team has already put out is that they're going to keep the fans as a part of this uh, from the start. And uh, I really am excited that they're going to have them be a part of the, the process. So we're going to be able to watch it. They're probably going to have videos about it and really make it an interactive thing where it's not just going to be like the team dictates to the fans what, you know, you know what the name is going to be. Uh, and you know what's funny is I kind of like the Washington football team, but I've always been a fan of Premier League and and uh, soccer and, and things like that. And some teams don't actually have a mascot or or a logo in this world. I know that that's rare and does not happen in the NFL. But uh, I'm not upset that they're going to be called that. I'm just going to have to hopefully remember to call them that because as you can see on this side, I've got every one of the different Redskins things, and there's Redskins written all over the room that we're in. So it's definitely going to be uh, uh, hard to not focus on that and remember mm -hmm. uh, that they're the Washington football team. Interesting tidbit with the quarterback situation that's going on. A lot of folks have forgotten that the Redskins signed Kyle Allen from Carolina. And we spoke about this uh, when they signed him, I believe, me and Dujanae, that that might be the contingency plan if they didn't have preseason and training camp that Kyle, Kyle Allen might start the season as started because if you recall Rivera hasn't named Haskins the starter and the fact that Allen has a year in the offense and work with Scott Turner that might be something to look out for in training camp even though Haskins has been working with the wide receivers and gaining gaining chemistry and learning the playbook for the factor of the team that might be something that goes into it that they might because it is an open competition and don't be surprised if you see Kyle Allen at the starter week one because of his familiarity with the offense and because of this COVID situation and Haskins not being able to get any live action snaps against an opposing defense. So that's something to keep in mind also. That's what they also with the Alex Smith thing. If if it gets to the fact that Alex Smith is, is getting dressed and we already have Haskins and Allen, 
then yeah, our offensive line is in more trouble than we need to even talk about if that happens. And I don't, I don't think they're that bad, especially with the draft pick, pick uh, Sadiq Charles. I feel like he's going to be able to take over that left tackle spot. And I believe that's going to make everything else fall into place. Still need a left guard, but left tackle is very crucial in the NFL. Most important spot on the line, in my opinion, the blind side of the quarterback. Got to protect it. And I think with that pick, with his size and his footwork and coming from a top-ranked program, I think he's going to take over fine in that left tackle position. Sounds good. Well, Josh, I want to get let you have your final say, and then we'll do our sign-off. Uh, but uh, let people know where they can find your podcast. All streaming platforms, I dropped the name Josh, so I'm sticking with the Kirby on Sports Podcast. A lot more simpler, you know, it, it was sort of a long name. But anyways, the Josh Kirby, the Kirby whatever, you can find it on both all streaming platforms. Um, anywhere you can find podcasts, Twitter, Instagram, you can find us there, Facebook, you know. But um, uh, we're just trying our best to produce great content um each and every week with um sports not being here it's sort of tough but um i i i envision that we will have more and more to come but um for the sports on the hill podcast season five it's incredible you all do great things the hashtag dynamic duo robbie gross carol porter the third um uh i do hope we can continue this partnership and get you on my podcast and continue to just do what we do best and connect in the community of sports podcasters. But um, great to be on with you all. And I'm looking forward to doing this again soon. Right. So much. Good, man. Appreciate it. Always love the, the support and the love you give us, man. Glad we can finally get you more. You will be back on again. You see, we got the zoom feed. We got everything set up. So, yeah, it's going to be ready to rock and roll, and we still had a Redskins post game and pregame that I'll be doing. Uh, I'm sorry, Redskins. Uh, uh, I was sure. <laughs> it just comes out so naturally, man. It I does. I know it's going to be hard. It's going to Carol. Be hard. You got Carol. You got to cash at me five bucks because you said that. <laughs> yeah, we're even. You said what? I said what? I said zero. I've only referenced it. <laughs> so I, I'm winning. I'm winning today. We can we can have like a little counter. Every week and see how bad we do. Yeah. But, uh, be interesting. So we definitely want to have you around some more, Josh. Appreciate it. And uh, have a good night. And we definitely check with you some more. Gentlemen, thanks again. Take care. Thank right. you. All right. So, uh, Carol, it was a fun show. Season five, episode one is in the books. Um, I'm going to uh, end this Facebook live feed, um, the producer cam feed. I, I will probably pull the audio and put up this episode tomorrow on our uh, website and on anchor and all that sort of stuff. And I know that Carol's probably going to clip up his feed and we may uh, do little uh, basketball you know, or little segments from there as well throughout the season. Uh, we're going to try to do little clips and do all sorts of new fresh ideas. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the producer feed, which is just kind of the zoom. I've really enjoyed that we've been able to chat with people. There's actually hidden people in Zoom that are uh, that have been watching it as well, and I, pre I appreciate them giving their input like a rune. Uh, so uh, it's been really fun. I, I look forward to uh, more NBA, NHL, MLB, and NFL content next week. I mean, these first three or four weeks, it's crazy. Next week, I want to remind people uh, it's going to be at 7 o'clock just like it was uh, this week. It's going to be a post-game show for both 
uh, that first round robin game against uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, also, it'll we'll recap all three Wizards games from last week, including uh, the one um, that will be earlier that day. So uh, that'll be uh, exciting. And uh, so, yeah, it's been a good episode. Any final thoughts before we uh, let our viewers go? Uh, just make sure you check us out. Like Robbie said, we're streaming on all uh, streaming on Facebook and YouTube visually. We're on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Be on the lookout. Plus a couple of other ones we are uh, going to have to start mentioning too. We don't want to leave anybody out. Make sure you go check out the website, sportsothp.com. Click on that Sports OTHP apparel and accessories link so you can get the backdrop like I have or the fresh District of Champions t-shirts, coffee mugs, blankets, pillows, whatever you want to help support the movement. Make sure you stay tuned for CP3 Live from the Lab New Show. I'll be rolling out soon, working on getting some of the logistics taken care of. You might have checked out some of the test shows I had on my other on my other page. If you didn't, you didn't miss, well, you did miss something, but we're going to keep it coming for you. So stay tuned for so much more. DC Sports about the politics. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a motto. It's what we do. And we're out. Sounds good. One last thing for the Zoom feed. Also, Hail to the Redskins series has been renamed to the uh, football series. So you can still get the burgundy and gold uh, logos for uh, people who want to uh, check that one out. But yeah, all the apparel is there. Highly recommend people check it out. Also, that website, as you had said before, Carol, brand new, lots of new links, lots of great stuff. And you can also check out the top 10 episodes of all time for the first four seasons. All 10 of those are at the top of the page right now. I highly encourage that. And with that, we will end the audio portion and uh, the producer feed. And we thank everyone for tuning in. And we'll see you next week for season two.